the best way to practice recognizing pitches is to look at pitches. Hello and welcome to Ahead of the Curve. I'm Jonathan Gellner, and thank you so much for being here. This episode is brought to you by Baseball Cloud. Baseball Cloud's revolutionary software platform brings to life the numbers captured by TrackMan and FlightScope. This provides colleges, players, and facility owners around the world a turnkey product, allowing them to analyze their data using key metrics and custom visualizations on one intuitive user interface. Go to BaseballCloud.com to find out how you can have your own data analytics department for your program. Data has a story to tell, and Baseball Cloud gives it a voice. In this episode, I welcome Dr. Peter Fatty, pitch recognition expert and chief officer and co-founder of GameSense. Dr. Fatty is also a professor of learning systems design and technology at Southern Illinois University. On the show, we break down the science of pitch recognition and the valuable methods of training hitters to achieve this skill. He also explains occlusion training and ways that his pitch recognition product at GameSense is preparing players and coaches to implement it into their training systems. Here is Dr. Peter Fatty. Dr. Fatty, thank you so much for joining us on Ahead of the Curve today. Well, thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. And... Just for our listeners to get a little bit of background on what brought you into the game of baseball, can you just, you know, throw out there for us uh, essentially what made you get into the game of baseball? Well, I, I wasn't a good baseball player, but I grew up actually in the in the tropics. We didn't have organized baseball. We played baseball out on a field, you know, mm-hmm. and moved to the States like for the last year of Little League. And so to have uniforms and a field with a fence and umpires, oh my gosh, it was uh, it was unbelievable. Awesome. So, you know, I played a little bit and um, learned enough to to kind of help um, both my son and daughter play well enough that they, they both played their sport, baseball and softball in college. Felt pretty good about that. And uh, my career was in video and I was working as a video coordinator, um, Purdue University, primarily with football, breaking down video. Okay analysis and uh, kind of doing a piece by piece by piece PhD. And so when it came to dissertation time, I needed to have a research project. And I just knew from working with that, that there was more learning that could come from video and data together. Mm-hmm. Like it's great for coaches analysis, but it wasn't always leveraged that well for getting into players heads. Okay, uh, And, you know, it doesn't matter how great your scheme is if they don't understand it, can't execute it. Uh, but anyway, as as I prepped for that, it really led me to this work, a lot of it out of Australia, starting in about the early 1980s, where they were taking like faster than humanly possible decision making in sports. And, you know, nothing's more extreme than, than baseball hitting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, try and say, okay, where's this magic coming from? Because they can do the tests, and even somebody like a Pujols doesn't have superhuman reaction time. You know, these these people have good vision, but not superhuman. Good reaction time, but not superhuman. It's not basically a hardware advantage. They're good, seventieth, mm-hmm. eightieth um, percentile, but not superhuman. That's not where the advantage comes from. It's more more of a software advantage. Okay. So that's where I really got into this. Okay, how are they? researching this? How are they like isolating down this skill? And when when you look at, at baseball hitting, you're really reducing that to this this pitch recognition part of it. So that's what brought me into that. 
And so that's what brought me into this video occlusion method. Okay. Occlusion being anything that cuts off, anything that cuts off, you know, so that people, some, some people will be familiar with like occlusion training, weight training, where you mm-hmm. put a band around your arm, it cuts off some of the blood flow, everything else has to work harder. And, you know, so it actually builds up the muscle faster. So it's the same kind of thing. We're taking something out so that you have to you have to react and build it in. So we're seeing this, you know, in, in the video occlusion with pitches is you cut them off. Okay, here comes a ball out of hand. Boom, it cuts off. You've got to say what type of pitch it was, ball or strike, whatever it is you're guessing. Mm-hmm. And it turned out that higher level hitters indeed were able to do this better than lower level hitters. And the closer they got to right at the point of release of the pitch, the bigger the expert's advantage. Now, of course, they were getting they were getting worse as it as you showed less pitch, but the difference between the experts and what they would say novices, you know, between the higher and lower level hitters was getting more and more extreme. So that's how you say, okay, here's where their advantage is. We don't necessarily know what's going on between the ears, between the eyes and the brain and the hands. But we don't necessarily need to know because they've kind of said, okay, this is where it's happening. Whatever that magic is, this is where it's happening. It's happening between release of that pitch and about a third of the way there. After that, if you show more video than that, if you show more of the pitch, then we're the same. If you're the expert and I'm the novice, we're about the same. If you cut it off too much before the pitch, again, we're about the same. So that is like defining, okay, here's your window. And then as I looked into that, that's actually the coaching, you know, the coaching convention would, would be that that's where you've got to be making your read in order to, to really, first of all, halt your swing if you're going to, and second of all, kind of direct it to the area of the strike zone. You're going to continue to adjust your swing all the way into it, but you have to make that first kind of large motor, lower half type of uh, direction where you're going with it uh, based on that early read. So that was that whole area and then saying, okay, I got it here. If this is how they're measuring this, if this is how they're testing it, you know, if you, if you can test it, you can train it. Sure. You just put a score on it. You know, you, you take what they're doing and you add you know, repetition, immediate feedback and progressive difficulty and human beings and other animals can learn incredible things with repetition, immediate feedback and progressive difficulty. So that's the whole story, you know, kind of lead up on that. No, I love that. And mutual friend of ours, Dylan Lawson, did an interesting uh, presentation over this at Slugfest, which you and I were both at as well. And he used a video that wasn't baseball, but he it was a, of soccer players and somebody was kicking them a ball. They were trying to uh, score a goal and they would cut off the lights at about two-thirds of the way to where they were going. And I can't remember what the professional soccer player, who it was, but they were able to still uh, kick the ball into the net whenever it was completely completely black. And so I thought that was extremely intriguing. And, and so you're saying that, that we can do that with baseball players as well. Yeah, that's a really um, convincing clip, is it? I think I think it's Ronaldo. Right. And one of the interesting things about it is that it's a it's a corner kick. Okay, it's not just a it's not just a kick from somewhere out there in open play. You know, it's a regularity to it, and so there he knows right away that ball coming up, and literally can go and head the ball with his eyes closed, or in this case when they when they cut the lights out. So that's definitely the what you're talking about is an occlusion uh, example with that. And there are a lot of sports skills that fall into that area, goalie play and 
and just these other you know seemingly impossible things. So when we say somebody's got a great instinct for it, well, that's, that's where we now say, okay, let's try and figure out exactly what that is. What is it that they're able to do? And now, is there a way we can measure it? Is there a way we can train it? No, I love that. And, and we'll, uh, we'll go full all in with, with that here in just a second. But I think you brought up a, a good point uh, whenever we were, we were talking right beforehand. And that's just, let's, let me ask you, what is your definition of pitch recognition? And so we can establish that baseline for our guests. That's actually much more interesting than you'd think. I'd love to have a panel at like Slugfest if they do it again, ABCA, one of these things, with just that out there. Say, what is pitch recognition? And then how is it different than like plate discipline? And so to me, pitch recognition is the perceptual skill. So when I say perceptual, I don't mean vision. I mean making meaning out of the vision. So it's definitely visual. You're getting that visual information, but you're making some sort of actionable meaning out of it. So when we have people doing like the occlusion app or game sense app, they might be guessing the pitch type. Ultimately, when you're hitting, you might not care about that, but it's like the weight room. You've got to, you got to do something, you know, you go down and you do squats or you, you do, you know, you do something. You don't just go in there and start throwing weights around. What you're really building up, to me, what pitch recognition really is, is that you 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 know you start processing actually before the pitcher goes into his windup because you're doing what Ted Williams called proper thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're thinking about this count, you're thinking about the game situation, your scout for this pitcher, how he's pitched you before, how he pitched the last left-handed batter, it was you know, et cetera. That's all your that's all your strategic thinking. So you've got that going in there, which kind of leads you to he might try and, you know, sneak a fastball by me here type of thing. So you kind of have reduced what you're looking for. You're not guessing, but you're kind of reducing it from four or five pitches you're looking for to one or two. Sure. And then, you know, you start processing his whole windup. You know, some coaches will talk about dancing with the pitcher and you're kind of getting that feel Mm -hmm. and moving your attention to the ball coming out and gleaning information, which you might not be able to describe, but your your eyes and your brain are picking up. You know, maybe it's like a skinny wrist for a breaking ball or, you know, just you feel like you see more white. And usually guys can't even really express what it is that they're seeing. And then the ball comes out. So if I have picked up that early read of just, even if it's just not a fastball, and then here it comes out and it's coming like really a nice centered type of, you know, that's what the trajectory is. But my early read is sending off an alarm in my mind that that's not a fastball. I lay off of the first pitch back foot slider and now I'm up in the count. And I move ahead from, and, and really what you're doing is you're getting that early information and you can kind of, image the rest of the pitch. In other words, your mind's filling that in. You see this, and you know, here's what you see out of hand, here's what it means at the plate. Out of hand, at the plate, out of hand, at the plate. And we're trying to build that. We've almost got that that image. You see the whole picture, you see the whole shape of the pitch, essentially from what you see in that first third. 
Well, that's interesting. Talk to us about you know the the methods behind video occlusion and how we take it from the app or how we take it from the video that we're watching and how do we transfer it to actual on the field. So, have you guys know? Obviously, you guys have noticed noticed some positive trends in that. But if we're really trying to go all in on it, or a coach like myself is wanting more information, just throw that out there for us if you don't mind. All right, I'll try and paint a picture, but you also just want to go online and find an example, you know, sure. like the GameSense website or whatever. But mm-hmm. what you've got is a, a point of view, a batter's view, more or less. Doesn't need to be exactly. Doesn't need to be GoPro on the guy's head in the batter's box, mm-hmm. but just something that's giving you, you know, pretty close to a a batter's look at that at a pitcher. And now what we do in in the app for um, for higher level baseball is to use real games. So we're shooting through the empty batter's box. If I'm shooting through the right-handed batter's box, there's a left-handed batter up there. Mm-hmm. And so you see the pitch come out and in what would be the basic mode, basic levels, kind of levels like a video game. So basic levels giving you about a third of ball flight. It's a little bit more than that. It's about a third of ball flight. Okay. And most, uh, you know, you're seeing a new pitcher, you'll, and you've got to guess the type of pitch. And we really try and reduce it down to about three. A guy may have more pitches than that, but, you know, this is a training training thing. It's not a simulation. Mm-hmm. So, we're you know, we reduce it down to three. Some guys, it might be fastball change-up curve. Other guys, it's fastball cutter, uh, slider, whatever. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're putting that in there. And so you've got one press. It's like a strike zone grid where you, you're, you're saying ball or strike. Sure. So you're saying slider strike, fastball ball, like that. And then it gives you immediate feedback. The, it, the screen cuts to black. It doesn't freeze on that. So here comes the pitch out, and boom, it cuts to black, and you've got to guess the pitch type and ball or strike in one with one press. And, you, you know, you get like 10 points for each one, 25 if you get both, because that's, um, you know, that's like hitting it. Mm-hmm. And in the drill structure, so this is strictly drill and practice approach. So you've got 10 pitches. That's a drill. Uh, it takes about a minute and a half. You get a replay if you want it. So it'll give you feedback. Like it'll say if it, if it shows, it might show with the um, feedback on that, that yes, I was right that it was a slider. I was wrong that it was a ball. It was a strike. I go, oh, wow. I can press the replay. And when I press the replay button, I'm going to see that same pitch again. But now I'm going to see the full pitch. And I'm also going to see a wider view of it. So that I see the plate, the catcher, the umpire, the whole thing. I kind of see the see the shape of the pitch in there. And I go, oh, geez, that was that mm-hmm. back foot slider. Okay, good. Boom. Mine, you know, that just that's just one you enter in the database. One of thousands that you're going to enter in the database, just like you do when you're when you're hitting. And you know, you get another pitch. You get another pitch. And after ten pitches, it it gives you a score and gives you a recommendation to repeat it if you didn't get the criterion score uh, or choose something new. And you can do what what you want. Like there are some of the guys, especially the pro guys, who only do the advanced level. Advanced level only gives you what amounts to about six feet of ball flight out of wow. hand. I mean, That's it's tough. out and cut. And, you know, the the max score on these is 250. We should have made it 350. It's more like a batting average, but it's 250. <laughs> and so guys will be, and you know, again, these are pro guys and they're doing it, you know, in season as kind of a warm up in the, in the clubhouse before games and on an iPad or on their own iPhone. And, you know, I'll track this. And, and I, we had one team, I, I got to do a, a bit of a focus group with some of the guys. So I'm saying, uh, you know, I noticed some of you guys just will like, just keep doing this advanced. You're getting like 95 points. That's 
it's not very good. I mean, you know, it's kind of guessing. And they'd say, yeah, that's that's fine. You know, I mean, it's it's we're not trying to prove anything to anybody. We're just trying to improve ourselves in this. And, you know, that's that's where I want to be, where I can see that. And so they'll just bang, 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 bang on it until they get through. Other guys like to start with, uh, you know, the easier level where you see more ball flight, master that, move on to the next level, master that, move on to the next level. So those are, you know, kind of two different learning styles. Sometimes people talk about learning style, like, well, you know, my, my players are visual learners. Like, well, okay, welcome to the human race. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's not a really a meaningful thing to say. What is a meaningful thing to say is that some guys like to have success at every level and build it up. And some guys just like to identify the wall they want to go through and then start smacking it. <laughs> you know, to me, that's a real learning style difference. Sure. I, I really like that a lot. And you were gracious enough to send me some some videos and, and I log into the app so I could be prepared for our discussion. And I will say that it was not easy. And I about the first five or six, I think I just whiffed on all of them. And uh, and it reminded me of why I'm sitting here with you and we're having this conversation rather than me still playing versus other a whole lot of other reasons as well. But, wow, it's it, it was not easy at all. Well, hopefully it got easier as you go. Yeah, it shouldn't I not be too better. easy when you start. Most people, by the time they finish even a first drill, like the 10 pitches on the first drill, and you kind of learn the interface, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a new video game. You're kind of, you're not really beating the game yet. You're just figuring out where the buttons are. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so you get used to that. And the other thing that's kind of nice about that is it, it doesn't really matter where you start. It's just like the weight room again. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter where you start. You're going to get where you want to get. It might, you might take, it might take you a month to do that. It might take me two months to do that, but we can both get where we want to be. Definitely. Definitely. And, and it's probably been, I think eight or nine years since I've been in a batter's box. So like you mentioned, once I started to figure out, you know, where the buttons were and what I, what exactly I was looking for, the replay helps as well, because then I could see the shape of the pitch afterwards. And, and so I really like that. And a couple of weeks ago, Matt Lawson actually posted some video of your program projected on a wall, and he had his hitters, I think his process was they had a ball on a tee, and they were to swing at what they thought were fastballs. And so that added an extra element to to the training software. And so I, do you mind explaining kind of what, what the pro- thought process was behind that? Yeah, Matt really blew it up with that one. <laughs> Last time I looked, it was like 614,000 views or something. Wow. And most people who respond to it go, oh, yeah, that's cool. Wow, why didn't I think of that? Some people say, oh, well, but that's not exactly the location where the pitch was. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'll throw on there. It's it's not a simulation. And so I, actually, Matt and I were talking about that. We said, well, we have to have a name for this. So we're calling it Video Cued T-Work. In other words, you're doing your T work, but you're doing it with the timing off of a pitcher. And what I really like about that one clip that you're you're talking about is you see the guy take the first pitch, mm-hmm. and then he sees the replay, and sure enough, it is a back foot slider. It would have hit it off of his own shins if anywhere at all. And then the next pitch, as it happens, it's not necessarily by design. The next pitch is a fastball, really in the same tunnel. And he whacks the heck out of it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the thing is here that you're and, and you can hear him communicating with the coach as he goes. And they do that. They actually developed this thing when when at uh, SEMO, 
with not just Dylan, but Matt, Matt Borgsolte, who's now a, a Twins high A hitting coach. Yeah. And, you know, they started and they're just putting it up on a sheet and smacking balls into the into the sheet like that. And so this is something it's it's not exactly the app. What we try and do now is say what we really want, like in the notes on that, Matt says there's two things you got to be aware of here. This is not a standalone thing. This goes with doing really doing your woodshedding on the computer app, mm-hmm. and it does it goes with doing your your velo work on the machine. You know, it's another piece of it, and that's a really important part of the whole thing. I mean, that's where we're we're finding really good success. You'd, you'd mentioned the, the transfer to actual training results and that sort of thing. When we really get that is when it, it really becomes part of your, your daily routine. So you've got the cage work, you've got the computer work, you got, you're doing standing in the bullpen, you're getting some, some um, scrimmage at bats and you know, all of that is, is building up so that it's in the background and you turn it in, you know, entirely out of mind. And when you actually get in the box, you just, let the mind go. Definitely. And we really are trying to add, or at least my thoughts are, we're trying to add a decision to every meaningful swing that we're trying to trying to make. Like I, I understand that we have a movement prep station where we're not trying, we're just trying to feel what we're trying to accomplish in our movements. But just for adding that, adding a decision to T-Work, I think that's absolutely a phenomenal idea. Yeah, I, I love looking. I spend way more time than I should <laughs> just following the the. It, it's not just hitting Twitter, but just the hitting coaches on on Twitter, mm-hmm. and you'll you'll see the things. The things I've started noticing is that you know you see a guy like really focused on the ball. I mean, he's just like really zeroed in on the ball and hitting it like he's hitting a golf ball. Right. That's not how we hit it, a tennis ball. So if you look at the clip where the guy's looking at it on the wall, to me. Most important thing out of that clip, the, the thing that jumps out at me with that is that he's got heads up looking at that pitcher, and and only in hitting rhythm does does he skip his eyes ahead to that hitting to the location of the ball and hit it. Right. That's how we hit. We jump our eye. You can't track. I think the over under is eighty three miles an hour. Anything over that, you cannot track all the way into the bat. You're gonna jump your head, your eyes ahead to it. Mm-hmm. That's the type of thing, like you said, you're just doing your T work, but let's look out ahead with that. And what you hope you get to, what you'd like to get to is something that any coach would tell their hitters, which is visualize a pitcher, visualize a pitch coming out that's going to get to that location, and then visualize hitting that pitch with whatever mechanical adjustments, staying inside the ball, you know, outside, driving it opposite field, whatever you're, you know, that's what you're working on. And yet, that's a really hard thing. That's a that's a major cognitive skill we're asking a guy to do is to visualize that. When you see people doing a, their T work, I don't think they are doing that. Right. And if they do doing that, just like you said it, every single hit off of that T, you're also adding in this other component. You're, you're seeing the pitcher deliver it. And you can tell if a guy's doing it, if he's triggering, he's into his swing, his eyes drop and he hits the ball. You know, there's a head movement where you where you go to to hit the ball. Um, you can't see inside his head, but if he's doing that in rhythm, he's probably really rec- he's visualizing that picture. So I would look at that wall type of thing as really only a step. What we're really trying to get to would seem like the most basic thing, and you wouldn't think 
second time about it if you saw somebody doing it in the cage, where we've got somebody on their own in the cage visualizing a, a, a picture, the guy they're going to face if they if they know him, a guy that they know from the uh, GameSense app, whatever that is, you know, you're creating that image, you're seeing a pitch and, and hitting it. Now you're moving the the location of your tee. Now you're seeing other pitches with other pitches that go to that location. Every one that you're hitting is coming as a result of picking up that pitch coming in. And every once in a while, just one out of six or seven times, you see that as the slider and you practice taking it. You practice saying, yeah, that looks like the pitch coming right to that location. Oh, I'm going to lay off. I smell a fish. You know, I lay off and okay, there was my, and you give yourself a little boost. I took that slider off the corner. I took that one, two slider off the corner. I've got another one coming and then drive it. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's that kind of psych. You, you can really end up just taking yourself through a whole, uh, you know, a whole game that way. The way, you know, that, that's what I used to do with my, my son. He's now the ops director at, at, uh, at Mizzou. But, uh, you know, we used to do that, just just play with him. You know, it's like, hey, he drives one into the field. Oh, a driving catch, you're out. <laughs> that would get him mad. No, I, I love that. And, and I love that uh, it's, it's a skill that obviously needs to be trained just like anything else. And we... We talk about making better decisions all the time, and, and recognition is a huge part of that. And being able to recognize it earlier out of the hand, I mean, that just, it, it buys you so much time within your swing. And, and so there's probably some listeners that are saying, Dr. Fatty, I don't, I don't think I can afford the game sense. And so what would your advice be for some smaller budgets that, uh, that are wanting to really go, go more into pitch recognition and uh, what are some ways that, that you've seen that done? Well, from the very um, beginning of it, we've kind of like shared some things and people can put some things together online and, and people who kind of do a, a do-it-yourself type of approach. Mm-hmm. A lot of them ultimately become customers, too, because yeah. um, it's, it's not that ex- it's a it's a really affordable thing, especially compared to any of the other technologies um, for this. Uh, so, you know, we, it, it's great if you can do the computer one for a couple of reasons. You, if you're building in the skill, it's like learning your math facts or learning foreign language vocabulary. You just need that repetition in there. Mm-hmm. So it's actually better to do that kind of woodshedding work, you know, build up the what we might call the skill acquisition stage, or at least that's, you know, what the sports scientists would call it, mm-hmm. skill acquisition stage, and and then kind of move to the other thing. So I do like to see people get that and uh, do some work on that and you can track it. That's the thing about it is a, the coach then can track it and and say, uh, you know, hey, uh, John, um, you know, I thought we were going to be working on our curveball recognition this week. Oh, well, okay, coach. So, you know, that's, that's a thing within that, but there's a lot. I like to see people do these live things. Like what I just talked about with the T work, visualizing off the T work. That can be a zero technology thing. Okay. We're just doing the technologies to build up towards that because it's kind of a hard thing to do. Uh, but you you see guys who do do that. So if you are really conscious of that and the hitter can discipline himself to say, I'm going to see that ball and you can you can look at them and know whether they're doing it or not. See that ball, drop your head to it and hit it. See that ball out of the pitch. You don't need any technology to do that. In fact, the ultimate expression of the skill is that you can do it without technology. 
We don't want to make people dependent on the technology. You know, that's just where you you do that foundational work. I love to see, you know, that's the ultimate to me is that a, a guy can go out there, set the ball on his tee himself, and he's running through the whole process because that's what is going to take into the batter's box. Well, that's really good. And some other questions that I have for you as far as, uh, it's something that, to be honest with you, I don't, I haven't dug in a ton about. And, um, and so what is the difference really between pitch recognition, training that, and what most people would call vision training? Well, vision training would be like slow the game down. Dr. Bill Harrison's program has been used by major leaguers since, uh, you know, George Brett's days. He gave a lot of credit to that. Also, uh, visual edge trainer um, is a good one. And, and, you know, these are these are training rods and cones, visual skills, Um, you know, dynamic tracking, acuity and peripheral vision and the ability to focus on certain kinds of things. And that's great. I mean, we've got uh, a handful of teams that I know of that do like cross training. Okay. So they'll do like the visual skills trainer. That's Dr. Barry Seiler's uh, program for that. And and that's a vision skills doesn't really have anything to do with baseball and even slow the game down. Although it'll it kind of give it a baseball background. What it's building is, is particular visual skills. Well, that's great. It doesn't quite give you the pitch recognition, but it's giving you those skills. So I think it's fantastic to like cross train between those. So, you know, you know, you come in every day, you know, you've got to do 10 minutes of work. That's either, either one of them is that's all, all we're talking about is 10 minutes of work and, you know, three days a week, you're doing the visual skills and three days a week, you're doing the pitch recognition skills, Interesting. building them both up. Let me take a few seconds to tell you guys about on base you. On Base University is an organization that studies how the human body moves in baseball and softball. They offer certification seminars that teach coaches, trainers, and medical professionals how to assess an athlete's physical ability to perform movement patterns that are specific to hitting and pitching. For example, they just put up a blog post on their website, onbaseu.com, that discussed why hip internal rotation is important in hitting and how they evaluate it with their On Base U screen. If you want to learn more about OnBaseU, I did a podcast with the OnBaseU founder, Dr. Greg Rose, episode 78, and he talked about how he modeled the screen after golf assessments that he created for TPI. They are hosting pitching and hitting seminars in Phoenix, Newark, and Houston over the next few months. I will be attending one soon, and I hope to see you there. Definitely. And so a couple couple weeks ago, I was uh, I'm, I'm a huge Pete Lorenzen fan, and I, I don't know if you follow him. He's at Success Leaves Clues, and one of the occlusion drills that he does is he puts I think I, I don't know if it's a blanket or if it's a mat or what, but he drapes it over the L screen, and they have to you know pick up his hand on the outside of the L screen, but they're trying to anticipate when it's coming in. So. Is that kind of the same occlusion that, that you're talking about? I know it's at a different point in time, but obviously they all have value. But what, what do you think about things like that? Well, I would say I've seen that too, and I find it interesting. And this is one of the things that I do with like the pro teams that are don't just have the app, but they've also got the consulting built into it, sure. is that I'll look at a drill like that. Or one time a coach got a hold of me and had some video of it and everything where they put like seven balls in a row out maybe 10 feet in front of the plate and you know, bullpen type of work and the hitter's supposed to say where the ball came in over. And I would say, okay, 
That's a nice tracking drill. It's not a pitch recognition drill. Okay. Doesn't mean it's bad. Go ahead and do it, but don't think that it that it's a pitch recognition drill. And actually, the drill you describe would be somewhat in that same category. I would say that's a cool drill. It trains a piece of the puzzle, and anything that trains an actual piece of this puzzle is worth doing because there's so many pieces. Every one of those is a place you can improve. The bad news is, no wonder you know hitters get in slumps because there's a lot of a lot of pieces. But the good news is, any one of those, if you choose one that's actually a piece of it, is something you can improve. So the one that you just described is a piece. It's worth doing. I wouldn't call it pitch recognition. Because you're not getting the feel of the of the pitcher's windup, you you want to start gathering information within all that. There's different people ask all the time. Well, where do you look? Do you do a hard focus, soft focus sort of thing? Uh, there, you can say here's things that people do, but I think people have to find their own cues within that. And I heard Johnny Bench on a, a Reds game saying, "Well, he would follow the ball out of the out of the uh, when the pitcher broke his hands." <laughs> A lot of coaches would say, no, you can't do that. And you say, yeah, a lot of times they do a little stab with the ball, you know, at the, at the bottom of their windup, and there's the grip. Mm-hmm. And, and so, well, I, you know, he's a catcher. Maybe that was a difference. So there's, there's different things. And what people tell you they do a lot of times isn't what they really do. They're not trying to lie to you. They just don't have access to that part of their brain. It's a part of our brain that doesn't really talk to us that way. And so you you want that information. It's the same thing as like the pitching machines. I remember at one point somebody at ABCA had a changeup machine. And so they were so proud that they could, you know, do some fastballs and then they would do a changeup in the changeup machine and they they could make a, a, a professional hitter look bad. Well, that's because you're not giving them the clues that they need to see to pick up that it's a changeup. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and this sounds, this is not meant to sound um, snarky. The best way to practice recognizing pitches is to look at pitches mm-hmm. because there are you know other things out there where people are firing um, balls out of batting machines that have a red dot on them or a blue dot. You're supposed to hit the red dots and take the blue dots. Well, that's again, that's a drill that's doing something. It's not saying it's worthless by any means. It's a lot of people, a lot of baseball people have done that for a long time. It's a good little drill to focus in your attention and some other things, but it is not pitch recognition because you're not getting the cues. Sure. And even in VR, even in these very developed VR systems, you're seeing, you know, in the in the VR systems now, the high-end ones, um, even the medium ones, they can model that. They can use the um, data, right, the MLB BAM data that gets put out to, like, model the pitch. That's exactly Kershaw's curveball that he threw to Matt Carpenter, okay? But the Kershaw on that is, you know, you're not getting as authentic a view of him as uh, in some programs, uh, you know, you see a pitch coming out and you don't have any pitcher at all. Again, doesn't mean it's worthless. It means it's a really nice way to shape, steady the shape of pitches, but it's not pitch recognition. Unless you see a pitcher and a, a really realistic view of that pitcher, then you're not practicing recognizing those authentic cues. Or like you remember the pro batter, that's really great for the timing, timing yourself up to that pitcher. But the video doesn't necessarily change just because the curve it's a curveball coming out. It doesn't necessarily changing to a pitcher with a skinny wrist or whatever. You see what I mean? 
Right. So these are all different pieces of the puzzle. I'm not by any means saying this one is better than that one. Any one of these things that you focus on, what we really want is the coach knows these tools, puts these tools together in your own kit and knows when to use them with who at what point in their development. That's when that's when things can really start happening. And there's a lot of a lot of tools out there. I like to think that our tool is a, is a hammer or a saw. It's something that belongs in every kit, and you're probably going to use it every day. Some are a little bit more exotic, but they have their use too. I want to direct the conversation in things that you believe do transfer and things that may not. And I, I don't mean to throw people under the bus or things under the bus, but in the end, we want to make our players better. And so are there some things that are going on for pitch recognition that really just don't transfer in your opinion? And again, it's, it's, I just, the reason I ask is because I don't want to do something if it's not going to transfer into the game, because that's obviously where our test is. That's where, that's where our, we're training our players to be better in games. And so what are some things that you may have seen that may not transfer? Well, I don't know if I would say that they're not transfer, but for instance, and again, this is this is one of the fun things with with Twitter, and I'll like hijack somebody's post all the time. I'd mm-hmm. probably make enemies by it, but I haven't gotten shot down yet. But like there was one where somebody was doing, and they'll call it the two-headed monster, and they've got one machine set up on the left for fastball, one machine set up on the right for changeup. Okay. You got a visual on, on what I mean by that? Yes, sir. And so... Uh, the question then was, oh, do you do you like put your hand down into both at the same time and then you release one or the other and the person's got to guess on. And my response on that right on the Twitter was, no, don't do that because it's not a pitch recognition thing. Okay. It really isn't. You do. It is a great drill. But what it's a great drill at is adjusting your swing, whether you get more lean in it or however it is that you coach up your hitters. To maintain that basic swing, maintain those good mechanics, but maintain, but make the lower body adjustments or the timing adjustments or the contact point adjustments that you have them make for off speed or for this type of angle or that type of angle. That's what it's great for. So I would just do five of the one type, clearly show which one it is. Five of the other type, clearly show which one. It's a great drill. It's working out. It's really, but use Really, we want people to be really aware of what's the particular piece of the puzzle we're working on here, and let's be putting those things together. When we want to work on pitch recognition, uh, Mike Schmidt, for some of the younger listeners, uh, man, this guy was killer. Oh, my gosh. My, my wife and I were Pirates fans in the late 70s. And mm-hmm. tell you what, it could be 6-2, to two and this guy's got one at-bat left, and you know it's not over. It's, he was a killer. But he said in his book, which is one of the best books that you can read on this, I think he calls it the Hitting Bible or something. Or no, it's the Mike Schmidt Hitting Guide, something okay. like that. It's one of the best ones. And he says, the first and only pitch recognition drill— is standing in in the bullpen. You've got real pitchers out there throwing real pitches. You're not, you're not having to find pitchers somewhere and try and pay them or bribe them or convince them somehow to throw you. They're there doing their work. They often like to have somebody standing in just to you know, feel more realistic for them as well. And you're seeing pitches. Now, the trick is with something like this, how do we make that a pitch recognition drill? Yes, it's great to stand in there. If you see guys out at the bullpen and they're watching the pitch coming and they're tracking it, their eyes are coming down and and they're tracking it right into the catcher's mitt, 
and they're calling ball or strike or, you know, whatever. That's a nice pitch tracking drill, but it's not a pitch recognition drill. The way you make that a pitch recognition drill is you make it an occlusion drill. And so I like early on experimented with, I had like a, a big old piece of plywood with leather straps on it and guys would hold that so the ball would disappear. And, uh, you know, all these kind of things that really didn't work. And in research, they use occlusion glasses is what they call them. And they'll go black with that ball halfway there. And I said, really, we got a baseball coming at somebody at 85, 90, 95 miles an hour, and we're going to make their eyes go out. That's, that's going to be a hard sell. Mm-hmm. And so what I came up with is, and if you want to give it a, a name, it's attention occlusion. The guy's got a call, and we not try and call the type of pitch, just call yes or no. And the first level of pitch recognition, and this came to me from a manager in the Midwest League, full season A, pro ball, you know, saying, look, for at least half of my guys, we're just trying to get to fastball, not a fastball, fastball, not a fastball, so that you can work on your approach of hunting fastballs. You can't do that unless you can make that differentiation. And so as if you were having guys work on that in your practice session or one particular guy, you could, you could change it up with different hitters. You'd you would say, just call yes for fastball, no for not a fastball. And you got to get it out before the ball hits the catcher's mitt. Well, now to do that, you've got to get yourself out of recognition mode. And remember, we're not trying to hit the ball. People say, well, you can't hit and think at the same time. No, we're not trying to hit. We're just trying to focus on that ball coming out and getting as much information as we can in the first third. And there's no way you get the one syllable yes or no out before that ball hits the catcher's mitt unless you, you're you getting it from that first third. So that actually worked as a kind of uh, a conclusion. When you see this guy, when you see guys doing this properly, they are locked in on that pitcher. They're not moving their head down to the, to the catcher, you know, Pete Rose style, take that pitch in. They're locked in and they're trying to call that out yes or no. They get pretty good at that. You can say, okay, now yes means fastball strike. No means anything else. They get pretty good at that. Now you can say yes means fastball strike or a hanging breaking ball. No means anything else. Now a guy's doing a very sophisticated kind of read off of that, but really he's reduced it in his mind down to one thing, yes, no. Now, there can be multiple things that kind of go into that yes bucket, but your brain is just, you're, you're, you're a dangerous hitter when you can reduce your decision down to yes, no. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how much can you put into that bucket? So now, again, we're talking, you asked earlier about, you know, things people could do without technology. Mm-hmm. If you do it really, really well, there's no reason why about this time of year, when the pitchers are getting up to up to speed, even inside in the in the tunnels, but certainly as you seem to get outside, man, have a hitter in there, yeah. working on that almost every time. If a guy's just trying to locate, he's just kind of get the feel for his breaking ball. Then you're just calling ball strike. Yes is a, a strike. No is a, a ball. That's going to help him. You know, if you're if you're saying no every time he throws his curveball that doesn't have a, a a hump in it, then he knows he's got to tighten that thing up a little bit because he's not he's not got a chase pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that, I know that this is not necessarily the time of year when people will be listening to the, to the podcast and, you know, hopefully this has, uh, uh, you know, existence for years outliving all of us, mm-hmm. but you know, that particular time of year when the, when the pitchers are getting up to speed, now that's a really great time to do that, some of that sort of work. So yes, of course we want to have game scout and game, which is those 
the the videos that you can just show on the wall, but they don't have a video in what we call those game scout. And the game sense where you're doing it to, you know, in the computer to build the drill on the iPad and the iPhone. But when it really works is when you attach it to these type of live drills. And if what you're doing is just the live drills, hey, that's still making me happy. I want to see people doing the T work with purpose, with the vision of the pitcher. I want to see, you know, people out in the bullpen doing that drill right. And people say I've been standing in since little league, you know, so what? It's a it's a a, a passive thing. You do it this way, it's not passive. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was an article in USA Today, it was several years ago, probably back to 15 or so, when when uh, Jeff Albert, now the Cardinals uh, hitting coach, was the coordinator down there, hitting coordinator. And you'd, you'd hear him, you know, walking through the bullpen where they were doing this, and he'd be saying, loud and early, loud and early, and he'd say in Spanish, whatever is loud and early in Spanish, meaning he wanted to hear guys calling that out. And, you know, you're so you're committing to that. And it, it takes some work. You guys will not be comfortable with this at first. You get past that. It's desirable difficulty. You know, you've got to be able to when you're in the batting box, there's a lot of distractions that come in there. So, you know, you're you're practicing with those type of things. And so really doing a great job, really doing a great bullpen stand in is something that that people can can do to build up their pitch recognition coaches with a team um, is a little harder for individuals, but if you've got a team setting, man, that's, that's where you can really, really build that up. Combine that with the, the drill and practice work on the, uh, on the computer or iPad. And now we're really talking. That's what we mean by a full pitch recognition program. Sure. And you answered what I was about to ask you, which was how do we couple it with, uh, with the next step? And, so one question that I have and something that we do early in the season is we uh, we are hitting live in cages off of pitchers. And would, do you see a benefit to, let's say we have two cages that are live with the pitchers throwing to hitters. Uh, would you see a benefit in one of those cages just being the loud and early drill, like you were mentioning earlier that, that Jeff uh, does, and then doing the other one live, or should we just be hitting the entire time? Or, you know, what's your advice regarding that? That sounds good. I mean, I love stations where you do something on one station, you're doing something different on another station. So we'd want people rotating so they were doing the stand-in first and then going over to the to the real hitting. Mm-hmm. This is actually where it gets really interesting is because there's a whole school of thought, both coaches and also sports scientists within that, cognitive scientists who would say the perception action is so close here that if you pull it apart, pull apart pitch recognition and hitting, you kind of change it and you kind of kill the whole thing. Okay. And then there are others of us, and I'm obviously in the second camp, that believe you can pull these things apart, and you can woodshed up on this aspect, you can woodshed up on that aspect, you can woodshed on the... And of, of course... Guys are completely familiar with doing that with the mechanics part of it all the time. I mean, that's how we teach mechanics. And then it's like, okay, but for the vision, perception, decision-making part of it, uh, we just have to have live at-bats. So all we're doing is saying, okay, can we take that part-task approach and can we do that with the visual, perceptual decision part as well as with the mechanics part? And so anything that, you know, kind of pulls that apart. But I will say that the closer you can get those pieces together, even though I think you can pull them apart, 
to practice them. If you can do the one, if you can do just the perception, just the pitch recognition here, like you said, in tunnel one, and then next rotation, you're in tunnel two and you're hitting. Mm -hmm. To me, man, that's, that's that's a strong connection. We aren't doing them at exactly the same time but we're doing them in, in close proximity. Even if we were doing the perception on the one and you were saying, okay, that picture you were just guessing pictures of, you got a really solid visual picture of that. Now step into the, now step in and hit some balls off the tee, visualizing that guy. Okay. That picture you were just, because now we're not asking somebody to create the image of a picture. We're asking them to recreate the one they were just looking at 30 seconds ago. So yeah, that, those kinds of stations like that, especially at indoor time, indoor part of the season, when the winter time is, um, to, that's what I want to cultivate more than anything else is, is that kind of thinking in coaching, you know, how, what, what little skill I'm doing this and, and kind of sequence these things together mm-hmm. and work on this, work on this over here, this over here, this over here, and let it kind of add up. You got to be patient, let it, let it kind of cook together. No, I, I really I really enjoyed our conversation today, and it's a lot of thought-provoking information for not only myself but my get you know the guests that are listening and and how do we implement this more and how do we implement this better because in the end you know our players are going to benefit from this and I challenge myself and I challenge our listeners to actually ask our all of our hitters you know what are they seeing and how are they picking up the pitches because i think that's something that's probably a little undertaught i know i have not done that as well as in the past as as i need to and so i may uh, immediately go do that tomorrow but just if anyone wants to get in touch with you dr fatty and, and really pick your brain about any of this uh, what would be the best ways to do so they can email peter at gamesense sports one long word gamesensports.com so that's a direct email. Okay. Um, there's a place on the website where you can just fill out a form, but that kind of goes out to everybody. So okay. might as well just as as well email that. And I I really like to get. I, I had a, an exchange with a, a coach yesterday, in fact, where we were talking about he wanted to be able to you know kind of judge at bats. So we were going back and forth on on what are you what are you judging with that? How are you scoring somebody on having good pitch recognition outside of them producing strikes and walkouts and and things like this. And so that was kind of fun. Came up with a score system for him. So, you know, I love those exchanges uh, back and forth with coaches because I I learned from those. And what what is your what is your Twitter account? So we can go ahead and uh, if we have questions on there, we'll we'll throw them your way, too. Wow, great. Thanks. Great idea. Yeah, it's um, at Dr. Fatty, Dr. Fatty, F-A-D-D-E. If that's a lot to remember, it's also like a hashtag pitch recognition. Okay. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with all of this. I'm not I'm not a hitting coach, but, uh, you know, I stayed at the holiday and, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I've just got this one piece. I'm like really narrow and deep. And so it's up to you to figure out how that works within your approach. But I can give you more depth on that one aspect than you're you're ever going to want to come up with. And our training app will give you more depth on that one aspect than you know you've you've ever been able to come up with before. So yeah, I really welcome whether it's a, a Twitter and we've had some great exchanges on there or direct email. Very welcome. Well, I, I know you wanted to hit on this before you go, and so what, you know what's next for you. What's next for GameSense? And you guys talked about having a certification process. So uh, before you go, why don't you leave us with that? 
Yeah, we just certified our first hitting coach, cool. Mike Killian, at um, at uh, Elite Velocity in the St. Louis area. You know, and so he went through the materials. We did an online thing together. I visited him before, and he's a and as we've been talking about here. I mean, we've been talking for an hour, and that's what it takes. I mean, this really simple video occlusion method. It just seems so bloody simple. Most people look at it and go, hey, wow, how come somebody hasn't done this before? It's like, okay, coach, why not? You know, it's more involved than it looks. And the other thing is that we're getting inside the mechanism with this. We're asking that hitter to really give themselves over to that and let's work inside the mechanism so you better be right. You want to be precise about, about that. And so we really feel like coaches and instructors working with hitters really need to have the full grounding in this. And so that's a certification. So, you know, that goes on his, uh, his webpage and his flyer and, and everything else, just like he's, he's blast certified, uh, he's Epstein certified, and now he's game sense certified. So I really like that to say that, you know, people can trust that they go out and they can try and find a game sense certified instructor. And that means not just that they have the tool, just like with blast, anybody can have a, a blast, right? Uh, reader, but who really knows what to do do with it? You know, who really knows how, how to help you improve your your swing with this tool? So there's a difference between having the tool and, and really being that master carpenter who knows how to use these tools. So I'm I'm really really pleased with that, and we're definitely going forward uh, on that. And then the other aspect, and you know, I know that a lot of the instructors in particular work with both baseball and softball ends. And the softball is just getting so interesting now, and we're getting inquiries and working with national teams because it's coming back into the Olympics. So that that's always driven the the softball thing, and so softball is just getting that attention. And and again, this came up in in one of the hitter uh, Twitter exchanges, is that if we think of baseball, if we think of somebody really getting good at, at pitch recognition, a hitter really getting good at that, giving them maybe a ten or fifteen percent improvement. In softball, because the pitchers do so much more body movement in order to create the movement of their pitches, you know, like stepping inside a, a screwball or or locking out a front knee on a drop and these other type of things, whereas the baseball pitcher is really trying to disguise and, and make all that, all the movement differentials with, uh, with you know, hand action and grips, they, they, the softball pitcher is putting all that. So the thing is that a, a softball hitter really focusing on and getting good at pitch recognition could look at a 20, 25% improvement. There's, there's even more ground to be gained there. So we're really excited to be working with that on a high level. We're really excited to be um, doing our, our certification program and continuing development with the uh, with the pro clients we have. And it's kind of fun. Guy, you, you might have a 15, 17-year-old high school guy, advanced guy we're, we're talking about, you know, travel, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And they're they're not only using the same app, but actually using the same pictures, the same pictures on the video that the the minor leaguers are. If they take our certified test on it, they're taking the same test, pitch recognition test that 500 minor leaguers have have taken. So that's a that's a pretty neat thing too. And so those 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 are kind of the current current projects with that. All right. Well, Dr. Fatty, I appreciate your time. And wow, it's just my head is spinning with all the different things that we can do with this. But uh, again, it, the, the conversation was awesome. And thank you again for being on.
Well, Jonathan, thank you for all you do, as they say. I think this is just tremendous. As we were talking a little bit before coming on, the whole podcast thing is, there'd be, you know, people would say, they're going to do that. You're not going to get a bunch of baseball coaches to like just listen to hour long, you know, in depth discussion. But no, that's not the case at all. People are thirsty for that. They it, it fits their time period, like you say, driving type of things. So fantastic. You're really feeling a, a big need. Thank you for listening to Ahead of the Curve. Before you go, I'd love to be able to get in touch with you, and we have several different ways of doing so. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at AOTC underscore podcast. You can join the AOTC Coaches Facebook group. And if you want to be a part of the mini clinic emails, both of those links are listed below. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a rating or review to help others find and stay ahead of the curve.